Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Staples. Hi, Staples guy. I need to get my kids ready for back to school. Well, Staples has everything they need at low prices, like comp books for just 50 cents, so they'll be 110% ready. Wait, that's 10% more ready than totally ready. Yep. That extra 10% evens it all out. Sorry? Well, I'm usually 10 minutes late getting them to school, so. Uh, that doesn't even it out. Yeah, sure it does. Make low prices happen. Make 110% ready happen. Staples, make more happen. Staples filler paper is just 75 cents all season long. Limit 30 per customer in-store. Limit 10 per customer online with $25 minimum purchase. Ends 9-12-15. Welcome to Writer's Tricks of the Trade. I'm Morgan St. James, and I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes, and hopefully we'll be joined by co-host Dennis N. Griffin. God bless electronics, but for some reason, um, he's dropped off. Are you all there? I am, but I'm not Dennis. <laughs> it's Carolyn. <laughs> okay, Carolyn. Well, you know, you just can't trust it. Dennis was on a minute ago, and his call just dropped. So I'm going to take on both parts in case he um, is able to call in. And yeah. producer Eric Miller is there standing is. by <laughs> yeah, to take calls. Oh, there he is. Oh, there's Dennis. Okay, was- he's a Johnny-come-lately. My goodness. <laughs> Dennis, are you there? Yeah, I was logged on earlier, but there was no uh, nobody answered, so I called back in. I know, I know. Like I I said, God bless electronics. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Anyway, um, (laughs) I'll be your host for the next thirty minutes. Now, along with co-host Dennis N. Griffin and producer Eric Miller, is standing by to take calls. So just dial six four six four seven eight zero nine. If you want to talk to our guest, Carolyn Howard-Johnson, or to me or Dennis. So, Denny, take it from here. Yes, our guest uh, for tonight's show is Carolyn Howard-Johnson, one of those do-it-all people. She is well-known for her award-winning books for authors, including her popular books, The Frugal Book Promoter and The Frugal Editor, and also consults in the three Ps, Publishing, Promotion, and Publicity. Well, we say do it all because in addition to writing nonfiction books, she's also published fiction novels and poetry. And if you add to that nearly three decades of retail experience owning and operating stores, ranging from home decor to gifts to antiques and other collectibles, and as if that wasn't enough, she loves to teach, speak, and act. 
So what and, did I tell you, honey? If you live to be old enough, then <laughs> then you're bound to quiet collect there, Carol. Right? We're the same age. <laughs> well, why don't you well, Carol, tell us just a little bit more about yourself? Well, actually, there's, you know, I think you kind of covered it. I started out in journalism very, very young with the Salt Lake Tribune and um, and then did a whole lot of things in between, including fashion publicity, uh, wrote media releases for the likes of Pauline Trigere and Christian Dior, and um, uh, worked for Good Housekeeping Magazine as an editorial assistant, and... Um, Opened a chain of stores and they grew and raised two kids and now I'm a grandparent and a great grandparent. Come believe it or not. So in other words, you're an underachiever. <laughs> well, as I said, I didn't do it all at once. <laughs> anyway, you know, you say that writers tend to dislike market to dislike marketing and promotion, and you say they need to just get over it. But how can they do that, Carolyn? Well, you know, I think Americans and Probably Western Europeans too. I, I I don't know enough about some of the Asian countries, but I I am a tutor for a Korean student, and and they certainly would fall into this classification. I think we've all been taught that being humble is a is, is a very valuable trait to have, and being humble doesn't include tooting your own horn, and. Um, we tend to think of marketing and, and publicity as tooting your own horn, especially if you're doing it yourself. So um, we get over it by rearranging our, primarily by re- rearranging our thinking. Um, we need to start understanding that what really market, what real marketing is, what really great marketing is, is keeping our audience or our customer in mind, and that goes for everything from retailing to. Um, to book publishing, um, to the uh, and when the author has to work with their with their publicist, they have to keep that in mind, and that's one of the reasons when they see people promoting, say on Facebook, and all they do is post stuff that says buy, 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 buy my stuff, you know, come buy my stuff. That's not keeping your audience in mind. That's just trying to sell your stuff. So I tell them to forget uh, the word sell. Uh, Carolyn, <laughs> there 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 probably is somebody listening now or who will listen. And they'll say, well, I'm the author, I'm the writer. Why do I have to worry about marketing and promotion? Isn't that somebody else's job? Doesn't the publisher do that? Uh, so will you explain to why an author should pay attention to marketing and promotion? Exactly, Dennis. And um, and, and the, that's one of the surprises for them. They assume when they go into writing that they're going to be able to sit behind their desk and write forever. But even if they're published even if they're published traditionally, their publisher is going to depend on them to, to do book tours and to speak on the radio and to uh, occasionally maybe even get on uh, in front of a TV camera. So that doesn't go away even if you have one of the big five publishers. And it's exaggerated to a great extent if you are self-publishing. Then you're in charge of your entire marketing campaign. So um, that's why. you know you're, you're going to have to do this Regardless, so I tell brand new authors who haven't even published yet, it's never too late to start, but it's also never too early. You start as soon as you start thinking about publishing a book, no matter how you intend to publish, you start building your contact list. You don't want to miss one single name. You want people to be uh, easily reached when you have a book launch 
when you send out your, your media releases, etc., and your publisher is going to need those lists too. So there's tons of stuff you can start right now, no matter where you are in the publishing process. And uh, what, what are some of the essential PR things that authors need to know about? You know, I love when you watch these movies or TV, and it's an author, and they're being treated like a rock star with the limos and the whole thing. But hey, that oh, yeah. isn't reality for like probably 99% of authors. So, yeah, I can um, remember once going to a, a movie at the Lemley in Pasadena and coming out, and there were people lined up around the block at the famous Romans book, bookstore waiting for Clinton to sign their book. And I'm thinking, ooh, if I could only get that kind of crowd for me. Well, <laughs> honey, <laughs> just forget it. So when are, when are you um, declaring your run for president? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, you're, I think I think of the most valuable aspect of learning learning something about publicity and marketing yourself is so that you can be your own watchdog, so that you don't get taken advantage of. So you so you say you are self published and you hire a publicist because you really don't want to do any of that yourself. Well, first of all, it's going to be very expensive. And if it's your first book or even your tenth, you may nowhere nearly be able to get the money back that you spend on the publicist. So it's not something I advise to begin with. But let's say you insist. So you insist on doing that. You hire someone, and you have no knowledge of marketing, no knowledge of the difference between marketing and publicity. You have no idea how to write a media release, how to write a query letter, um, how to put together a media kit. How are you going to know if they're doing a good job for you? That's a very good Further, point. Furthermore, how are you going to, um, how are you going to uh, uh, um, partner with them? How are you going to be help them? How are you going to be able to save yourself some money because you can carry part of the load yourself? Um, I spent $35,000 on my first book. Whoa. And, you know, I won a prize for my publisher, from my publisher for being the best marketer of all their authors. But it still barely made, made its, its, um, its, the advance back that they had given me. Well, so, and then you had $35,000 that you spent. Exactly, exactly. I think I'd rather have a car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, and, and further, they didn't do one thing that I couldn't have done myself, especially considering that I had a marketing and publicity background and a journalism background. So, um, but anybody can learn to do that, the basics, so that they, so that they are in a better position, as they say, to be a watchdog and a better position to partner with, with whoever, or to do it themselves. Well, what are some of the things that you'd suggest that they can do that will help it fit into their budget? Or even, you know, some authors don't have a budget. I mean, they're just hanging on by their fingernails, uh, yeah. dreaming of that big hit where they're going to get a lot of money. And um, what what can they do to find ways? And, Denny, you jump in at any time, too, with your questions. But... Well, I think that, you know, people listening right now, if they're particularly beginning authors, but also authors that are multi-published, you know, just because you're multi-published doesn't know, mean that you know how to do something frugally, to coin your word, for yourself and wind up not breaking the bank. 
Right. Well, as you know, I wrote a whole book full of full of frugal ideas. But it's on my um, bookshelf. The, but the most important <laughs> thing you can do right now is to, even if you already have a a contact list, and you probably do, you have a Christmas card list, maybe you have a list of the club you belong to, maybe a list, a list of old college chums, whatever. That's where you start, and you start building it. You build it with people that you contact on the web. And then from there, um, the web is your best friend. If you really don't have a budget, would that the web had been uh, the social marketing kingdom that it is now when I was promoting my first novel? Um, it is it is fantastic. For the first time ever, authors have been able to reach so many people. With they think a lot of time, but really in so little time with so little money. I mean. We we live in the in the best of worlds and the worst of worlds right now, but I prefer to concentrate on the best of worlds. It's it's, it's <laughs> yes. amazing. It's amazing. Positive how, thinking, how much we can definitely. Do. Yes, and and uh, you know, as long as you don't turn those people off by sell 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 selling, you're you're going to be great. You're you're gonna, you're going to get the word out. The other the other important thing is persistence. You you don't try something and give it up. You might try something and think it's not working, but it's probably because you can't trace the you can't trace how well it's working by sales. Because at first they won't it won't look like they're doing anything, and but it builds and it builds and it builds. So persistence is really important. But if you decide that what some one thing isn't working, you don't give it up. You keep at it. You just. You just draw back a little bit. Don't do it quite so much, and start something else. But you've got what, to keep at um, one thing or another. You've got to keep at you, you know. You keep building that search engine presence on the web, and in your community, and with fellow authors um, who can be amazingly uh, supportive. Yeah, you know, you look at at um, sites like. Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and so forth. And what do you think are some of the best sites for authors to concentrate on? And what sort of tweets or posts or things like that would really make people want to take a look at their book? Well, you know, I tell people, find an author that they think is doing pretty well. Um, not necessarily an Anne Rice. Obviously, she's doing very, very well. But but someone maybe who's self-published, who does a lot of social network, get on Twitter and read their tweets. See how they do it. My my Twitter, as an example, is at Frugal Book Promo. So um, see see what I do. Um, watch. You don't have, you don't have to imitate it exactly, but it gives you a feeling for how it's done. And um, the other thing is is of course. With all the stuff that's out there now, I can't possibly be an expert on all of them. So my theory is you pick three or four, maybe only two, just depending on, on your personality, and you keep it simple. You don't have to know everything about Facebook to do Facebook. It's, it's, it's quite, a, a, quite a job to keep up with them. They're always changing. And as an example, I don't have a fan page yet. But oh, I, well, I started out collecting... Yeah, yeah, that's I've... something that I set up for writers' tricks of the trade and also for myself. And one of the things I like there is that you can track, once you reach 100 likes, you can track 
how many people are reading each tweet or, or eat, not tweet, each, but each how many people posts. are reading each post. And that's really helpful because you can see the ones that work and the ones that don't work and the ones that attract more followers. Right, and and I'm not saying people shouldn't do that, but I started out way before a fan page even existed on Facebook and collected so many people on my personal on my personal uh, uh, feed that I was kind of loath to start something new and just kind of expect them to switch over to a fan page when they were already following my public my public status feeds. Yeah, well, my personal you, you probably feed. got in. Early on, mm-hmm. it, it seems and that's, like the more that things escalate, the harder it is to grab that reader or grab that attention. It's even exactly. like the free giveaways on Kindle. You know, a couple of years ago, if you were doing a free ki- a giveaway on Kindle, um, you would, or at least, you know, if you were really promoting it, I've really promoted some of mine and wind up with thousands of downloads and a lot of residual sales afterwards. And I've noticed that over the last, say, six months, things in that sort of promotion have really slowed because there's mm-hmm. such a glut of free books on the market now that um, the reader has so many choices. Exactly. I started Google Plus right after it was announced and felt that it was very effective, that people who are joining now don't think it is as effective. And Google has even sort of, um, I heard, giving giving up on it. They're not necessarily doing away with it, but they just don't consider it a priority anymore. So, um, so I think that that is one of the secrets is to keep is to keep your ear tuned, and that's one of the reasons that newsletters are such a great idea. Um, authors should find newsletters from some of the best promoters on the uh, in the book industry and and read them. You know, find out what's new, find out what other what other authors are doing, follow those resources, and think of everything that you see as a resource. As an example, in my sharing with writers newsletter. Uh, there's a section in there that thanks people who have been good to me. Well, that works two ways. It, it's, it's a nice way to thank people, but it's also a way to encourage them to continue to do nice things for me. But it's also for my readers because whenever I thank someone, I always give them a little hint about how they might use it in their particular marketing campaign and include, of course, the links or the email addresses or whatever. So even something that doesn't seem to have anything to per, anything to do with you or your book, um, if you pay attention and put your marketing hat on, it very well may, may and it may be an end to something that's brand new or different or exciting, and then that becomes news, and then you can put out a media release about something other than a book launch. Yeah, well, and you that know, would help I, too. Denny, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think you always have to keep your ear to the ground and see what the newest things are and if they're working. And I know, um, Carolyn, you were the one who touted me onto Pinterest, and oh my God, look how it's grown. Yeah, and they keep they keep introducing new features that make it even more powerful. Yeah, I know. And, and, author, I, I've and set authors up a, don't get Denny. Authors don't get that one. They don't get that. They think, well, it's just about pretty pictures and what's pretty what's pretty about books. But I was on a couple of Pinterest bulletin boards today that had the most beautiful pictures of um, 
uh, antique books and antique inkwells and pens and you know things that would appeal to authors. And then I have a program out there. You pin my book cover, and of course I get notified when they do in my email. I pin your book cover. Well, that's that's a good exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, another thing I've found on Pinterest is that if you um, do a search on writers or writing, there are some marvelous boards, and I've been using those to pull out some things to put in um, my e-zine, Writer's Tricks of the Trade, and up on the Writer's Tricks of the Trade uh, blog spot and so forth on the Facebook page, because... There are some wonderful hints and prompts and, you know, all kinds of things that I never even knew existed on Pinterest. And like you say, authors don't think about it that way. And and you really have to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Carolyn, let me, let me ask you something. I When I was um... – I, I did everything kind of ass backward when I wrote my first book, and I didn't think beyond getting the manuscript completed. I didn't well, do most, any research. That, that's what most well, of us do. <laughs> yeah, no. So welcome to the club, book. right? And I, so um, when I realized, I said, "Wait a minute! Now there's, you know, there's other stuff here I, that has to be done, which got into the marketing, and uh, I, I thought." Then I said, you know, I said, if I can only land a signing spot at the time there was Borders was still open at a Borders or a uh, Barnes & Noble, I said, that'll be it. You know, I'll make a quick couple of million dollars on uh, these book signings, <laughs> and I'm, uh, I got it made. And, boy, did I get my ears pinned back when I, uh, when I stuck my nose into that deal. <laughs> Um, the, lo- the, lonely, today, the lo- lonely book signing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you know the author Bill Parnell, who writes the uh, crossword puzzle lady books. He did a wonderful musical parody on what happens if nobody comes to your book signing, and oh, it's, yes. it's got all kinds of graphics. And he's talking about him sitting there with people walking by, asking for directions to the restroom. <laughs> Like that. It's hilarious. I'm going to have to post that back up on the Writer's Tricks of the Trade page because it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. (laughs) Put it on your Facebook and and tag me, and I'll share with my with my Facebook folks too. Yeah, you know, for some reason, Carolyn, when I try to tag you on the Facebook fan page, it, it your name doesn't come up, and I don't know what it is. I can do it on my personal page. But it doesn't come up on the fan page. Maybe that's because I don't have a fan page. I don't know. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Very, very yeah. interesting. But I will because that is one of the. In fact, anybody listening to this broadcast, once I put that up there, it's what happens if nobody comes to your book signing or something like that. And I've run it a couple of times in Examiner as a um, video. I mean, it's just hilarious. He is a very funny guy. Well, you know, um, speaking of that, we should all be doing that kind of thing all the time for our friends. When they when they post something to do with books, because we do want to try to stay focused. So, expect that of one another if we're not, you know, if, if we're if we're posting personal stuff. But if we post something for books, everybody should be sharing that. You don't see that happen very often. No, no. Well, it seems like everybody is so engrossed in promoting themselves that they don't step outside of the box. Um, I mean, like, I'm looking right now, we're getting real close to wrap-up time, but um, 
between Denny and I, we've written at least 28 books. I've written 12. Denny's written 16. We both have more in the works, and Denny and I have written two books together. We have a third one going. Um, it's just, wow. You know, it seems like the as, as much as you write, there's still something to learn because the market is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I, I do want to announce that I'll be giving a workshop at the upcoming Big Story Conference at Valley College in Van Nuys between February 20th to 22nd. And any listeners who are interested in attending or finding out more information, visit www.wcwriters.com backslash big story. And um, that that will probably be a good state-of-the-art conference. And that's one of the reasons, and, and see if you two agree with me, that's one of the reasons it's important for authors to keep up on what's going on in the industry because right now it's spinning like a globe. I mean, what worked two weeks ago might not work this week. And it's constantly, constantly changing. And so in addition to sitting down and letting your wonderful prose or poetry or nonfiction spew out, you need to know what's happening in your business. Well, you know, it always amazes me that people don't approach writing that way. You know, if you were starting a new business, say as a, like my grandson recently did as a farmer's insurance agent, you don't expect to do it without without taking some seminars or doing some reading or getting some help from the Small Business Administration. You just don't. But no. authors just willy-nilly sort of, I'm not, you know, obviously there are exceptions, but authors just tend to think that, that magic is going to happen for them. Yeah, and Maybe it's, it's their really, creative nature. Could be, but it's really no different than any business. You know, it's mm-hmm. that unexpected lurking in the side wings where you thought you knew everything about it and all of a sudden these things start coming at you from all directions that you need to be doing or you need to know about. You were saying about your son, one of my sons just started a commercial drone photography business and he thought since he had a pilot's license and was a photographer, it would be a snap. Well, it took a year to get certified and lots and lots and lots of studying. And and testing and the market and, that, and getting not, the website that, that up and starting the, the buzz and yeah oh, the accounting and the tax matters and the yeah yeah really and of course yeah, he's so, into something with the, that's that's brand new so it's just rife right now for a lot of great publicity but give it a year when everybody's in the business and he's not going to be able to get the publicity that he can no, get right no now. so he's he's on the leading edge right now. Um, of commercial drone photography. But, yeah, you're right. Within a short time, well, the I mean, the restrictions are very hard to get licensed or certified. But still, the more the field grows, the less the availability of publicity. So it's almost like multi-level marketing. You know, if you jump in in the beginning, you've got advantages that you didn't have before. But then getting back to the topic of marketing you still have to keep marketing, marketing, marketing. And and I think um, just from what we've been talking about, you need to tag the word research into that as well because if you don't keep researching, you're not going to keep up with the trends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's the value of newsletters and the value of following blogs that tend to, to publish articles that have to do with the industry. Um, take a couple of 
of if, if you enjoy if you enjoy reading in print, take a couple of writing um, ma- magazines that on writing. Um, I, I'm thinking of poets and writers right off. Uh, just, just just their classified ads are a wealth of information. You can yeah, get a and lot of, of course, we mustn't forget we've got the free writer's tricks of the trade easing bi-monthly. And yes. the new issue is coming out um, January 15th, tomorrow. And people can find that at writerstricksofthetrade.blogspot.com. They can always find the link to the new one. It's a, that's another opportunity for free publicity because it's a author-generated, or, or I shouldn't say just authors, people in the publishing industry, um, editors, publicists, so forth, all contribute articles to this easing. And there's a lot of up-to-date information. There's little bits of news of what's happening in the industry, you know, disputes going on. Um, this issue has a thing about um, Kindle Unlimited and Scribed and Oyster, which a lot of authors don't even know about. Oh, and, and you know, you you just said they contribute. That's another way, another way to look at a yes. newsletter or a newsletter. If you get a newsletter that um, that that uses stuff from their subscribers, articles or quotes or whatever, um, then you actually end up having it be a two-way win-win situation. You learn from the e-zine or the newsletter, and um, you contribute and therefore get more exposure for your book and your exactly. and your writing career. And that's yeah, the other um, thing. Let's start thinking of this as a writing career as opposed to just publicizing a book. Very good. Very good advice because once it's a career, it's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Eric, do you have any comments on this? You've been sitting there. Our phones are quiet, so let's give you a minute or two. Um, he disappeared again. No, no. <laughs> no, I caught him unaware. You know, I need to tell you that Eric is the president of Writers of Southern Nevada, and we've been working on some unique concepts to bring literature and books to the attention of readers and um eric's been a real driving force on that and we just started a newsletter yes well, well let's let, let's get let's get on each other's newsletter list be sure to let me be sure to let me know how to subscribe yeah that's right yeah that's that's um that's good advice and uh i was interested in what you were saying about pinterest i think there is um a block in writer's mind thinking that that pictures sell books, and I really don't understand that because when you go into a bookstore, what pops out on the bookshelf is often a dynamic cover or at least you know a tantalizing title. Yeah. And so pictures do sell books, um, you know, like like it or not, I guess. And and I think that's part good. Of the good idea. point, Dennis. You know, we we labor and labor over that book cover. And worry yeah. and worry about it, and get all excited about it, and it's usually because we have such definite ideas of what it should look like. And, well, you um, know, here obviously, if you're thinking about what what your book is going to look like, then what better way to to get what it looks like out there than on Pinterest? Well, you know, not only that, but just briefly touching on that, um, our live show is over now, but we're still recording on the archived copy, and. Yeah, we're about almost two minutes left. Yeah. One of the things that um, a lot of authors and even book cover designers don't think about, and again, it's another way of 
bringing your book to the attention of people who are looking for books, when that book cover is designed, if it doesn't look dynamic or doesn't pop when it's in a thumbnail size, then you've got a problem as yeah. far as attracting somebody to your cover. And so many covers do that. I mean, they look good in full size. They look okay as they start getting reduced. But when they get to the size that's on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any of the multitude of online bookstores in the listings that sell the books, some of them you can't read the title, you can't read the author, the cover looks muddy, it doesn't look appealing. Um, and even you can't even read it. A, you can't even read it because the print's so small. Exactly. So when using a book cover designer or even your publisher is is doing the book cover, I would advise reducing it to a thumbnail size. And if you can't read it, you let that book designer know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, as a, ma- as a matter of fact, I, I the last the last book I uploaded to Kindle was my frugal editor. It's now in its second edition, so I'm now working on the print edition. But I had Gene Cartwright of iFogo um, do it in a three dimensional uh, design, uh-huh. and that looks that looks so nice just because it's different. Right now it's different. It might not work in three years so well. But right <laughs> like now we it looks, saying, things keep it looks changing. so great, right? And um, and so that's something you can do. And I, I mentioned that to an author the other day, and she said, well, I don't think they'll let you do it. And I said, well, I know they will because mine's up there. It looks just like that. Go to um, bit, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash uh, frugal editor with capital F and capital E, and then Kint, K-I-N-D, for Kindle. So it's bit.ly slash frugal editor Kindle, Kint. And, um, and see what it looks like. It just, you, you notice it just because, just because it looks so great and three-dimensional as opposed to, to yeah, flat to and uninteresting and like everybody else's, right? Yeah, right, right. Well, you know, and even talking about that, now one of the big things seems to be doing the box sets of books, where in the Kindle editions, or I don't know if they're doing them on Nook, but um, they combine two to three books, five books in a series, and they put them out at a very cheap price. And, you know, I don't know if the authors are making any money on it. A lot of them even go for 99 cents, which means the author only gets about 30 cents of that. And, you know, if you're putting out three and four and five books and you get 30 cents, I don't know if volume makes up for it. But it's just another one of those things that all of a sudden... Um, yeah, it's not about volume up. anyway. Always, it's it's about exposure. It's about exactly. it's about keeping your fan base till your next book comes out. It's you know it's about all those other things. Right. So Ooh. although I I definitely agree that people should look at at the net profit they're going to get from some effort. What a great thing to do without too much extra effort uh, with your with all of your your the, all the books you produced in the last ten years. You know, it's fantastic. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, because, and another thing they, I noticed. They lose some of their steam after a while, and yeah. this would revive their steam and give you something to promote. I have a saying. It's something like, because it changes every time I say it, but it's something <laughs> like you have to promote the promotions. Exactly. So you, if, you, if you have a promotion and you, you don't let anybody know about it, you don't send out any emails, 
and you know you 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 don't you don't use any social networking the promotion isn't going to work and then if you say oh boo hoo the promotion didn't work i only made 30 cents on each one of these on each one of these books sets well <laughs> you know really what did you expect yeah yeah well you know another thing i noticed on some kindle books that i downloaded recently and read is that now the trend also is to put a thing at the end of the book saying if you enjoyed this book, I would really the author would really appreciate a review on Amazon and Goodreads and some of the other spots, and then goes into links for the other books. Um, but I'd never thought about putting that at the back of the book to ask people to post a review. Yeah. And you notice some of these books that have like 1,200 reviews, 1,500 reviews, and you sit there and you think, how in the world did they get so many reviews? And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, people, they tend to look at the reviews. It is a form of promotion. And, oh, sure. And exposure and on you, Amazon. I mean, Amazon is one of your one of your best ways to advertise without yeah, having to and, pay for anything. And even when you get a bad review, I mean, it's it's a heartbreaker. But you have to keep rolling along. Look at what your average is in the reviews. And unfortunately, if you only have a couple of reviews and you have two fours and a one, that's not that one isn't going to help you very much. It's it's going to be something that you wish the person had never posted. But you know it is. I mean, you it's the good with the bad. So well, sometimes thinking, those sometimes those bad reviews are actually good because pe- people aren't stupid. They can tell when somebody has an agenda. When uh, they, sometimes these review these reviews will say, "Well, I hated the book. I gave it one star." But, I, you know, I, I didn't even finish it. And it's like, well, maybe you didn't get to the part that would benefit you. Yeah, um, exactly. So sometimes sometimes they shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, they they really do sometimes. And, and some bad reviews are just because they can. You know, sometimes you look at oh, some yeah. of their other reviews and see how snarky they are. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's like just because you can. But, yeah, reviews really, really help. And um, I would say, but you know, you people, can you can get by you can get by just fine without them. If you you get four or five for a book, you, you need you need some up there on Amazon. But you can yes. get by completely without ever having a review in one of the in quotes best and finest of the review journals. And that's a good, that's one of the reasons we live in the best of worlds right now. Is because we have the web. We don't. We don't have to rely on these on these journals that that used to literally lord it over the publishing world. Oh, that's and have all the control true. of whether bookstores carried a book or not. And and when I first started publishing my very first book, two thousand and one, um, it was it was like the next year I heard that bookstores aren't the best place to, to sell books. And now you're hearing. Bookstores are one of the worst places to sell books. Yeah. And again, it doesn't do you any good to have your to spend a, a, a lots and lots of hours lobbying a bookstore buyer to carry your books. If then all they do is put them on the shelf with the spine out among millions of other books and expect them to sell. Yeah. It just that's doesn't so work. True. Yeah, because Again, as we're speaking of publicity and promotion, when a reader can find everything they want to know about a book on the web, then that is what's promoting your book. That's what's 
whetting the appetite of the reader to find out what more is in this wonderful novel that uh, mm-hmm. or or interesting nonfiction book. Well, gee, we have really run out of time. Unfortunately, I think we could talk both, all night. Both half hours, the first and the last. <laughs> right, but I would suggest that people check out your book on Amazon or any of the online bookstores, the Frugal Book Promoter, and while you're there, take a look at some of Carolyn's other books. And it's definitely a valuable addition to the bookshelf. I know I've got it on mine, and I've referred to it several times. And um, I think Denny and I want to thank everyone for listening now. And until the next time, God bless and stay safe. And Our next show is January. Show. <laughs> Everybody needs to know the tricks of the trade, right? There's there's your oh, motto yes. for next year. Everybody oh, needs yes. to know the tricks of the trade. Well, we're branding. We're branding. We're we're Good. now a book, a blog, a radio show, an e-zine, a fan page. I mean, we've got lots of stuff going. And well, I just call, wanted to go ahead. You know, I was just gonna say, call on me, and we'll and we'll cross promote. It's a great way to great way to day it. Two for one. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> anyway, you, our next show is January twenty eighth, and our guest is going to be Joe D'Amore. And Joe is the author of a very interesting memoir based on his experiences with the mob. And the title now here's here's the thing here's a title that's a grabber. The boss always sits in the back. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. And He's always I looking have down read your the neck. Book. Huh? I, the book is it's it's a memoir that combines a phenomenal mob scam in Las Vegas with a lot of humor, and Joe will be a really good guest. And is this one so of your hope- pals, Dennis? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, one of yeah. Denny's pals. <laughs> one yeah. of Den- hey, when we when we need mob guys, we go to Mr. D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And do you have a few words to say before we cut it off, Denny? I just wanted to thank uh, thank Carolyn for being on the show this night. Very informative and very enjoyable. And uh, I wanted to wish, uh, I haven't talked to Eric lately, I wanted to wish him a Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, Denny. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's well, it's great. Been, it's been great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was our pleasure. I was really excited about your being our guest, Carolyn. Well, I was excited about it, too. And, and again, we're in on something new, right? Here, let's go. Right, right. Well, you know, and I do have to add before we sign off that the way I met Carolyn was at a writer's conference. I was a novice novelist, and Carolyn was one of the speakers, and we started talking with each other afterwards, and we hit it off and, and formed a friendship. But at that point, I had not even published my first book and I've got 12 out now. And so really? you see how things go. Yeah, and you know I didn't I didn't remember that. I just thought it's that we'd always knew and I told each other I guess we have. <laughs> no, we met at the Las Vegas Writers Conference. Oh yeah, yeah. Many you years know, and ago. I loved that. I loved that conference. That was really fun. That was a fun yeah. one. Yeah. So well, find me on the web, everyone, and feel free to email me, hojonews at aol.com. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to say goodnight to everybody, and we'll see you on the 28th. And nice to meet you, Denny. Thank you. Same and Good night now.
Good night. Good night. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.